Through a couple of these while you're while you guys are talking. <laughs> what? No, just go, go back to bed. No, no, you guys have me now, so I'm gonna talk. What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the mother loving geek nation? You're listening to Spoiler Alert. <clears throat> Spoiler Alert is a show that we do every week where we talk about the week's comic book offerings. And uh, I am your host, Johnny Destructo. With me is Rob Patey from RobPatey.com. Hi, buddy boy. <laughs> Hi, palsy Walsy. And <laughs> once again, happy 40th, Jadles. Aw, thanks. 40. I'm so I'm so I hate it. I'm so old. I know. I kind of do it this shot in Florida. It's been a couple weeks now. It's rude. I'll also stop. with Maybe. us, actually, I don't know. Is he, is he with us? Uh he might be dead. Mark. There we go. Mark, 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 wake up. Uh. Hey, buddy. Hi. Hi. Have you finished digging yourself out of your own grave to join us? I'm half in, half out of the grave. <laughs> are you, uh, are you robo-tripping? Not robo-tripping. Why? Is that something? What does that what does mean? She drank the whole bottle of Robotusser and NyQuil and trip oh, balls. Oh, oh. I was like... Robocop, but on acid? What does he mean? I call that tussing. <laughs> the tussing. The tussing. That's out of weird ways, yeah. MC Chris had a song about that. Frankly, the feeling's fucking fantastic. I'm tripping like Jesus in the desert when he fasted. Like it's the night before we all get drafted. Like we're rolling through some rapids with Kevin Bacon, white water rafted. Like you're an Epcot center on acid? Exactly. The tussing, the tussing. It's not like it was nothing, Robocop couldn't stop me from puking and flushing. No balls to be busting, no fighting, no cussing. There's love for a drug called Robocop. All right. So, before we get into this week's comic books, we have some cool spounders. From the web. Shout right out Charlotte's asshole. So, uh, here we go from Vince Coleman. Hi, I just found your podcast. Um, I got a recommendation uh, for your podcast from a cousin of mine. And wow, this is just, this is amazing. Um, Intelligent, insightful and a humorous talk about comic books that I love and I read all the time. So this is great. I live um, in a place where not many people read American comics. So it is amazing and awesome for me to have, to be able to listen to a group of guys who are funny and intelligent um, talking about and insightful talking about comics that I love and read all the time. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. I'm going to be listening a lot 
and hopefully commenting more. Um, see you in the funny papers. Oh, that's nice. That that's like one of our best emails. It's that's a voicemail. Made it all. Yeah, it is. You, you posted email first. That's um. Shit. That that almost makes it all worth it. Question mark. I sure. Think he got, did he get the right <laughs> podcast though? He, uh, uh, he said comics because he said intelligent, insightful, and I thought he meant the Twilight Zone one. Oh no, this is from almost a year ago, so uh, that didn't exist a year ago. So it's exactly. definitely us. All right, cool, Groovy. Well, that's, that's very nice. See, that's why I hold on to them so that they age like a fine wine. And then when everybody says happy fortieth, you go back and you listen to seven of them on repeat. Yeah, remember when I was young and people loved me. Happy 40s. Oh, mother. How old are you, Rob? Oh, yeah, I'm 43. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, Is that come, even a... Come. I didn't realize that was a number that existed in space or time. Uh, but three years in, you give less fucks. <laughs> You're just the yeah. start of the middle-aged trail. Huh? Wait, until, am I, wait, am I officially middle-aged? Until you reach yeah. 45, like me. Yeah. You're not 45. And then you just give up on life. Are you really 45? Yeah, yes. Oh, holy shit. I mean, I, I know I'm it looks baby? like a feeder. Yeah, you are. I li- oh, I'm so I, young. I, <laughs> Thanks, Bob. I know I... No I problem. I like, I look like a strapping 23-year-old, but... Really. I was going to go with 72, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much, Vince Coleman, for leaving us a voicemail uh, almost yeah. a year ago. Um, it feels yeah. so bad for ignoring that one. That I was... know. It's so good. I hope he's still listening. Yeah. Uh, he probably was like, oh, I left him a voicemail that never played it. Fuck those guys. God the worst it. show ever. Again, I want to apologize. It, it, the, <laughs> the, the, the alerts that we were getting voicemails were going to an old email address, info at poptardsgo.com. Our new email address is cultpopgo at gmail.com, which I had not forwarded that email. So I wasn't getting, I didn't know. I'm sorry. So, uh, Vince, if you're still there, leave us another voicemail. We're checking them now, I promise. Also, next up, we have another voicemail. This one is two seconds long, and it's called Fuck. I'm depressed. (laughs) We affect people in many different ways. Yeah. I can't tell. So, I don't know who that is. Do you think that he's – I hope that <laughs> I hope that wasn't a call for help. <laughs> How long ago was that one? It was a year. Oh, he's dead. He's I hope dead. he wasn't That's like, you. stop me from hurting myself. Someone reach out and love me. Someone should realize that we're not the helpline. We don't, we don't like offer immediate assistance. We'll offer guy, assistance. It, in an untimely manner. Well, actually, I don't know if you remember, but I'm pretty sure on an episode uh, back in the day, we were we were like, call us for advice. Call us if you want to chat. Call us if, you just, if you're contemplating suicide. Uh, <laughs> so that might have been on us. <laughs> yeah, I guess. All right. I hope he's all right. If he's, a, if, if he's a cutter, he looks like Mr. Zaz by now. Oh my God. He does. Yes. Oh, nice to have. reference. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm so that's... depressed. I'm so depressed. Uh, well, hey, join the club. It's the fucking wow. world right now. Okay. <laughs> I hope it wasn't us, specifically. All right, we got one more. It's called A Voice in the Attic. Hey, guys. 
Love the bat triple, but I have to disagree with his unpopular geek opinion. In the civil war between gutter talk and spoiler alert, I'm team spoiler alert. Yeah. Hey. That was uh that one yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm on both, I don't give a shit. Um <laughs> that was uh that was creepy. Like that was like government black ops voice. Yeah. It was a, he's got a, whoever that was has a great voice. Yeah. No, that's that's uh that's uh Ronnie's no not Ronnie Strike. Mazer Rackham. Oh was Mazer it Ma- Rackham. Oh right, that is Mazer, you're right. It. He didn't even mention me because he's got that smoky Harvey Firestein <laughs> voice. Yeah, the worst. Kathleen Turner. The voice. worst you could give him. That's nobody wants to hear that they're the combo of Harvey Firestein and Kathleen Turner. That's what you sound like with your throat cancer. Okay, that's not true. what you want to sound like. No. It's it's a, it's a voice made for radio, but also oh. Firestein meets Turner. <laughs> Turner Steen. God. Well, thank uh, so thank you, Mazer Rackham. Thank God he's gay. That won't happen. The voice in the attic. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. Should we? I don't know. Should we go into the comics or should we read one of the emails? Because we have some emails too. Let's read an email. We'll read one yeah. email. All right. We're gonna keep it short. Sorry, guys. And I, I, I don't know if you care about this, but. It's my favorite part of the show. Um, let's see. Scrolling, scrolling, yeah. scrolling. Email roulette. This one's from Jeffrey Ross. Hey, fellas. I know it's been a while since we talked, but I consider all of you JD, Bug, Douche, and what's his nuts, Adler, to be good and dear friends from the old comic shop hangout days when we used to gab about all the new books and storylines and. Fucked up noises and shit oozing out from the doors of JD's windowless fan. So I felt compelled to clue you in on this crazy new podcast I caught wind of the other day. They talk about comics and stuff the way we used to. I shit you not. Anyway, I found it by, like, total accident, dude. Wasn't even looking for comics nonsense or nothing. It just popped up in my feed. Crazy! I subscribe to this wild hodgepodge of podcasts that cover amazingly diverse topics from horror movie reviews to Twilight Zone retrospectives to just random geek best-of lists from some guy's comic shop. Well, wouldn't you know, the other day, out of the blue, BAM! There downloads this comic talk thing called Spoiler Alert. I know! I was like, (laughs) where'd this come from? And they were reviewing comics with this casual, easy rapport, like they'd been doing it for years. It was something else. No idea if they'll do another one ever again, but thought you guys would want to know. Laters, the home dad abroad. P.S. I'm not sure I heard them right, but I agree. Snagglepuss was always getting with the hottest ladies. So lucky. P.P.S. March 8th, 2018. Update. The above email was originally sent on 11 January 2018 as a now fully out of context email response to the sudden and unexpected return after the sudden and unexpected hiatus <laughs> to the redheaded stepchild of cult pop podcast the one that started it all ladies and gentlemen your spoiler alert perhaps the banal subject line confused you and led you to believe it was merely spam however this hypothesis does not hold water in light of jd's tendency to get halfway through reading spam email on the air before realizing that it is not a fan letter, but rather a request for an estimate on local home gutter cleaning. 
which has surely slipped from your memory, but remains forever embossed, lenticulated, hologrammed, and polybagged into mine. Think of this correspondence as more of a lovely, lilting bedtime poem to be enjoyed in the privacy of one's bedchambers than a podcast-worthy spewing of vitriol for which I am better known. Even laters... Ibid? Ibid? I-B-I-D? What's Ibid? All right. That's the Ibid. Uh, so another, another wonderful email from the home dad. Uh, again, no questions. Home dad abroad. <laughs> nothing, nothing to respond no to here. Just, just comments. Just comments. So uh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. We like uh, being liked. We like it. I like it when they miss us a little I bit. I know. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel. Oh, I'm sending all these to my parents. I'm going to type it out and put it on my fridge. <laughs> no, you won't. I oh, won't. Well, too much work. Yeah. All right. My typewriter is missing a J. You're an animal. <laughs> <laughs> a strange response. All right. Hey, guys. Do you want to talk about some comic books? Because I am ready to do that. Oh, okay. All right. So. I read a couple of them. That's I'm, great, Mark. I am ill prepared this week. This is oh. like a off week for I me. I like how I'm he sorry. says this I'm week. Ill. I'm yeah, failing. No. <laughs> I'm failing at life right now. Oh. Like he's not reading like every other show. He's not reading the books in the background. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I'm not even trying to catch up. It's that far behind. <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. So that's bad. Gideon Falls came out this week from Image Comic Books by Jeff Lemire. And Andrea Sorrentino, uh, who you may know from the Old Man Logan series. Image.com has this to say about the title. The lies of a reclusive young man obsessed with a conspiracy in the city's trash and a washed-up Catholic priest arriving in a small town full of dark secrets become intertwined around the mysterious legend of the Black Barn, an otherworldly building that is alleged to have appeared in both the city and the small town throughout history, bringing death and madness in its wake. Rural mystery and urban horror collide in this character-driven meditation on obsession, mental illness, and faith. So, what did you think, Um, I was a little bored. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah the giddy-up sticks on this one. I don't know if it was Sorrentino's art or whatever. It was hard to read, I think, from a lettering standpoint. Okay. And so that gave me lazy eye very quickly, and it didn't draw out what the mystery was quickly enough for me oh okay uh i i see what you're saying i politely disagree i can understand why you feel that way it is a little slow um as to sorrentino's art i felt like in past marvel comics he's not a great fit for things like secret empire boy boy oh boy did i not like him on secret empire i felt like his artwork really dragged the gravitas of that book way down um, that being said, I think that his stuff here is excellent. I think he's a perfect fit for this type of story. He's more attuned to, uh, maybe a horror thriller book than he is an action sequence. So I, I thought he was great here. Um, well used. I like the colors, nice and muted, uh, gave me kind of an uncomfortable feeling. And I was curious enough about the main character's mental illness that, I really wanted to know what it was he was seeing and why he was collecting junk from uh, all over the town. 
And um, I kept waiting for something a little bit more Robert Kirkman from Outcast to happen with the priest, just because I'm so used to that priest character. I was waiting for maybe uh, some sort of demonic possession or something. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, the, the barn, I'm curious about it. I, I think it's a very stark and haunting image when it appears in that cornfield uh, that was up until that point empty. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of curious about where this is going. It feels like a nice horror book without being, what's the word I'm looking for? Two in your face, I guess. Overly violent. Yeah, yeah. It's not like some, you know, like Crossed is sort of like this torture porn version of horror where this is more just really unsettling. And don't get me wrong. I I love the art in this. I'm going to put it uh, part of my laziness on this with the uh, letter. Okay. It's just some of it's some of it's hard to read. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the the captioning is black with white uh text, which can be a little troublesome. And the coloring of the word bubbles is a little strange. So, for portions of it, it's white bubbles with black text with no outline for the mm-hmm. bubble, so it's just sort of laid right. on top. And then for a page, the word bubbles will be fuchsia with with black text. Yeah. And then they go to black with white text. It's very strange. I don't know what the meaning is. And it is works there. It, it works on the pages like where the black when black barn appears. It works on pages like that where the prose are lighter. Mm-hmm. There's some wordy verbose pages in this, especially the part uh where you're exploring the mental illness. That's where I go, fuck, I'm struggling to try and absorb a fuck ton of information. Yeah. It's a weird italic font, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's it's trying to be handwritten, but it's still a font. Um, and and some of mm-hmm. the words actually... Like, for instance, the P does not fully connect, so it can be a little thin, right? So you kind of have to look a little harder mm-hmm. to read it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But, not as bad as wingdings, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was really intriguing. I'm I'm curious. It felt more... I don't like Lemire that much as, as much as everyone else does, I think. Um, but uh, this, I thought this was, was really good. Well, I'm like, I'm reading his Royal city right now. And sometimes he gets a little verbose, but it, it's, it is more comic dialogue. Yeah. I understand he had to kind of go inside the mind with this one. Uh, and that's where you get the monologuing, but yeah, you know, I, I sweet tooth Royal city more with imagery, less with words. I don't know. I don't know. I feel that I I understand how you would have gotten bored with this book, though, because it it is telling a very intricate, slow story by just by the seconds. You know, it's like it shows so many characters just kind of like doing tiny little things instead of it's not a broad stroke story. It's a it's a subtle story where it's like every movement is is uh kind of noted yeah yeah and it's it's not like you know where it there's there are those books that you can follow it but there's action from one panel to the other and then there are other ones where they slow it down and you just really see every second of every minute of this book this is one of those those Mm -hmm. stories and then sometimes from panel to panel the orientational flip and all of a sudden, 
you know, we're seeing the one character, um, Father, not Father Tom, Father Tom's the dead guy, Father, oh, Fudge Buckets, Father Fudge Buckets. No, I don't think it's Father, <laughs> Father, oh, hi, I'm Father of Fudge Buckets, tell me your sins. Father Wilford, Father Fred, so when he shows up, basically an old wrinkly Ed O'Neill character shows up, and then the other character, he'll be drawn upside down. Yeah, because there's yeah, it's the dual story. It's pretty yeah. cool. I like yeah, the, it's pretty cool. I like looking at it a lot. Yeah, and, and as for I don't want to put the put the guy down, but Jeff Lemire's artwork is definitely not something I enjoy looking at. So when he teams up with an artist like this uh, for a story like this that I think really fits, um, I, I think it's gorgeous. All right, I'll go back and give it another roll. Mm. Oh man, and when Father Tom shows up. Just sort of kneeling there, all red. Uh, haunting. He's got white eyes. Yeah, those white eyes, really, that's a nice touch. Makes me want to go back and, and watch the, um, oh, you didn't like that, did you, Mark? There was a, an Exorcist TV show. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, all right. I, I watched the first episode. Ah, uh, that, whole, that whole first season, man. You should stick with it. It really wraps up nicely. But, so am I the only one who's going to stick with the number two on the Gideon Falls? No, I, I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to read it and trade. Okay. All right. Art. Let's see. Should we stick? We'll stick on the image tip with Oblivion Song, also from Image. This one by Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo De Felici and Annalisa Leone. Uh, Image.com hey, I read that one. has this to say. <laughs> A decade ago, 300,000 citizens of Philadelphia were suddenly lost in oblivion. The government made every attempt to recover them, but after many years, they gave up. Nathan Cole won't. He makes daily trips, risking his life to try and rescue those still living in the apocalyptic hellscape of oblivion. But maybe Nathan is looking for something else? Why can't he resist the siren call of the oblivion song? This was awesome! Fucking amazing. I, uh... <laughs> well, uh gather yourself, yeah, Rob. I know. <laughs> I know, I know. More words. So, the hometown thing, obviously... Love that aspect of it. I saw a Jefferson Health Center where I've had more things shoved up my ass than I have on South Street. Hey, um, hey. Um, but it's the oblivion bothers me. It's the artwork in the oblivion because it's supposed to be this hellscape, and we got a little bit of their shit. They got some of our people. It, it's it, you know almost like a Stranger Things upside down. Yeah, and. Um, the hellscape looks cute and fun because of the artist. I know it's, it's so bubbly. Monsters. Yeah. And that bothers me. That's like this. It's supposed to be, you know, you have, they have the one preacher in this, which was again, sort of a brilliant use of doing exposition halfway through, but uh, you're describing it as supposed to be like hell and it traumatizes people. I mean, you've got several characters that came back from it and are fucking traumatized, but looking at it, it looks adorable. It is pretty cute. Even that giant yeah. horrible thing that's chasing them in the beginning. Um, it's cute. It's adorable. I wouldn't want to get eaten by it, but it's pretty cute. It's adorbs, yeah. So uh, it takes away from from some of the power of the rest of the book. I was more okay with the more cartoon style, the more invincible style, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Should he have paired up with Walking Dead Guy for this one? You know what? Uh, I don't think he should have. I really his work is good for walking dead, but, um, I I find this artist much, much more dynamic 
and more interesting to look at. Uh, all the characters look different. Sometimes I have trouble with um, Walking Dead ch- killing, telling characters apart. Uh, I really was really stricken with this art. Um, and I do like that it's got a, a slightly bubbly, uh, cartoonier vibe. Uh, it's not straight up horror. Um, so it, it doesn't really bother me that much. Mark, what do you think looking mm. at the book? I, I thought it was really strong. Um, I think every time I read a Kirkman thing, now it's like I think, like, all right, what's is this going to be on AMC? Is this going to be on HBO or whatever? You know, it's it's it feels like it is a plot for a television series now, and I don't know if that's just because he's he's had two of them now or what, but it just feels like this is something that is meant to be adapted it's still it's still a good comic though i mean we we had a yeah we had some dense ones this week and we just did one we'll do another one shortly but i i did like that that breezy move that and yes the artist on this is very good very accomplished but again it's just it's that oblivion needs more bite to it i don't know Mm -hmm. for me yeah i i just have questions about the oblivion thing it's like how how did it happen how uh is it contained like is is it walled it one, in there it was a one and done. it was a one and done it's kind of like show the leftovers when the rapture happened it just except they were able happened. to find out where they went and bring some of them back right. right but what how did they contain it how why is it not spread why does that monster not leave that area Oh, they don't because they don't have the technology to jump between because it's a fucking monster. Yeah, it's uh, they can teleport. Our people can teleport back and forth, but everything over there. Well, from what we know, actually, that's not true. By the end of it, there are actually humans over there. Um, so yeah, but I, but what I mean is like, how is it not spreading? You know what it's I mean? It's in another dimension. Okay, well, what's in there? What's in our dimension? There, nothing. What's in our I, from what I can tell, from what I can tell, a bunch of our human, a bunch, a bunch of our populace got transported to Oblivion, which is an alternate dimension, which is not, which which is like our own, right? It's the upside yeah. down. It's literally, it seems like it's the upside down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as opposed to on Stranger Things, where there are a bunch of holes, it looked like maybe there was one hole that opened up and then closed and took yeah. a bunch of people mm-hmm. with it. Um, but now we have figured out a way to travel back and forth, um, right. and uh, into the further oblivion. Yeah, one upside down. Y- yes, right. And I believe Negative actually they did. They came to our world once for a period of time. Like that's that's what I got out of it. And then when they kind of sucked back, like a kind of like a prolapsed anus. And then when they the prolapsed anus goes back in, it's kind of like that. <laughs> Yeah, it took all the nuggets with it. Yeah, right. It took the good pieces of corn corn with it, like we saw with the resistance fighters at the end, who seemed to actually kind of like being uh, in this place. But I don't blame them, because it's it's adorable. They put just the tip in. And so what it looks like is those people who are in Oblivion, it seems like, I I wonder if they don't think that they are in a separate dimension. I wonder if they think that they never left. And yeah, that everyone uh, else and everyone else disappeared. Yeah, very much like the leftovers. Is it? I've never seen it. I read I mean, the book. Great but, yeah, 
Oh, okay. So it's, I mean, it's basically, it's the rapture happens. You know, everybody thinks it's the rapture. All, all the good are taken, but it actually it turns out it's just a second dimension was created. There was like, you know, a Higgs boson collision that created this alternate second earth ah. where everybody over there thought the rapture had happened, but it was the majority of the people and they thought they were the, you know, real, you know, the few sinners left behind. Interesting. That None of that exists in the book. Really? It exists in my it exists in my refrigerator. What? Are you, uh, what? Are, you, are you okay? Wait, we know he's sick. I mean, the oh, the are, leftovers. The jokes, the uh, jokes are a little stale. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I think that they they think they're just surviving over there. This is like The Walking Dead over there for them. Mm-hmm. Right. So they've adapted. They've done all this stuff. Um, and they see this person coming in and just taking people. They see him as a threat. The yeah. one guy doesn't know that it's his brother, mm-hmm. I guess. So they should say hi. They should just meet for lunch. Yeah. Nosh. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love that twist. Do. I love that idea of, like, even if you take a look at something like The Walking Dead, um, since you compared it to that, um, you know, finding it, The Walking Dead people finding out that they were transported to another dimension and that their own reality where everyone they still love is still alive. That's pretty right. fucked up. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Or it's all a dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They'll wake up in Bob Newhart's bed mm-hmm. at the end of the series. All being written on a computer. I think he's like, is he also drunk? Coming from Skynet. I mean, he's not that much worse. <laughs> Robert Kirkman's finger. So, uh, so Robert, are you going to keep reading this? Yeah, I, I dig it. I just, again, the, the art. I don't know, it bothers me. It bothers okay. me a little bit. Yeah, just right, so... I like the art. I like the design of it. I like he's got a cloak that, like, camouflages him. Okay. He does have a cloak <laughs> that camouflages him. Are we, uh, I know. Oh shit! Like that. Pretty cool. It's pretty know. cool. Yeah, I like the art a lot. Um, I like his cloak. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I want I want a cloak like that. Okay, yes. we'll get one. What, give you me got one for Christmas. Oh, this is kind of like it too. A fucking make a wish call. <laughs> All right. So the <laughs> highest house number one. Put out by IDW, by Mike Carey, Peter Gross, uh, with a cover, glorious cover, by Yuko Shimizu. Um, Literally, the only reason I ordered this book for my store was the cover by Yuko Shimizu. She's so good. Um, God damn. You can find, she does these tutorials. She does, she inks really big on watercolor paper with brushes. She's really Mm -hmm. good. Um, That is the most I liked about the book. The cover. (laughs) Um, you're mean. No, I'm not. Maybe. There you are. There did you, you are. like the book? I did like the book. It was slow. It was. It had its moments of plotting. It's set in ye olde Victorian times. Oh, well, so let me tell the people. Oh, why don't you do that first? I'll make this easier. The creators behind The Unwritten, Mike Carey and Peter Gross, invite you into the highest house. The story of a slaved boy named Moth who makes friends with a powerful entity called Obsidian. That pr- promises advancement and happiness. Clearly, Obsidian has a hidden agenda, but Moth has ambitions and plans of his own. 
that sounds way more interesting than the book I read. Rob, you take mm-hmm. go back to what you were saying about how it was good. Ye olde Victorian times. Um, <laughs> uh, the, every time it slowed down, it surprised me. So you know, it starts in an old Victorian inn, and this this lord comes up, and it turns out that he's a slave trader. And just when you think that the innkeeper is going to have a moment of morality to not take the man's money. He yells off to his yield hag, go ready up our slaves because mm-hmm. we might be able to get a, you know, a shilling for her. So, you know, it had those little those little beats and those little moments. Every time it kind of slowed down a little bit, it, it made me laugh. It made me chuckle. It took a twist mm-hmm. and kept me going. And the art is fucking gorgeous. On the inside? I love it. Cool. Okay. Mark, are you, How are you many dead? pages? How many pages was this book? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't fucking count them. It felt like infinite number of pages. Because you're robo tripping. No, it could not. It could not have been. I mean, it was just really long. This was not a 22 page book. No, it's also. Um, is it a one shot? No. No, no it's, it's the start a of a series, but it is also uh, a prestige for. It's like huge. It's a huge book. It's very. Uh, what's that? Is it a one shot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're fairly literate this week. I thought it was a graphic novel instead of that. It was just got. It was so long, so long. <laughs> no end though. It couldn't find the ending. I was looking. It's only twenty six pages. Oh you my god! No, no. You lost the book. I got lost. Okay, it's it's dense, and I, you know, that's that's Mike Carey's style. I loved it in Unwritten, though, as well. I'm not as into this uh, immediately as I was Unwritten, but uh, it's I think it's good. It's about magic. It's about a magical boy who's now a roofer. Yeah, I don't care. Um, I do. I am reading his Girl with All. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I am reading his novel, The Girl with All the Gifts, that they made a film out of. And that I'm enjoying quite quite a lot. Go ahead. That, yeah. yeah. See, that's the reason why I was I was interested in this. Because The Girl with All the Gifts was such a great story and a great movie. And uh, I was interested in seeing what else this guy has to offer. And I did not read the unwritten. Uh, Clearly. Because I think we... I think we actually read maybe the one of the issues of that, like maybe one of the first issues. And I well, just, I mean, the unwritten was, was a one shot. No, it was. <laughs> it was a seven year one shot. I was nonplussed. Nonplussed. That's confused. That. Okay, what's the word I'm looking for? Not impressed. Yeah. It just wasn't my it wasn't my bag, man. I get you, baby. Yeah. Groovy. Shag Adelic. I'm sorry I started. Maybe. I'm sorry. Anyway, the art was okay. It was it was it worked. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying, yeah. guys. That's I'm trying. We know. <laughs> really trying. No, they, I, I just it it felt like uh King Arthur and uh Merlin was walking around talking about the the things that the, the part that got really long and ponderous for me were yeah. like the flashbacks when he said he would sit there and he would like tell a story the tribal wall art yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was rough 
for me. It's the same problem I had with the crazy time talks in the first book. Yeah, I didn't mind that. But the just the way it was lettered was kind of rough to read a little bit. Those Yeah. Oh man, the the word bubbles and how close they are to the text. Like some of the text is bumping up right against the word bubbles. It's driving me insane. Yeah. And the, uh, all the... you, just, you don't you don't realize how uh, technical those word bubbles are until you see them done wrong mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. done. Yeah, in it looks that like way. it looks like they drew the word bubbles and then just fucking crammed all the words in there. They're like, just get them in there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's uh-huh. not the way to do it. You gotta make the word bubbles fit the words. Yes. <laughs> in a bubble. Good advice. In a everybody, bubble. Everybody appreciates that bug. You know where the word is going outside of the bubble? No. Oh, that would be kind of interesting. That would be an interesting way of... I, I've seen it actually done that way. You give it a nice white stroke around the text with a black Bubbly. stroke around it and then put the word... Oh, I've seen that. It's kind of, If it's done well, it's really nice. Very effective. I knew you were going to say that. God damn it, Rob. Uh, well, sorry. It's there. What did you think of the word bubbles in uh the first book gideon falls because they that had like a line instead of an arrow instead yeah. of a like yeah. the normal thing what do you what do you think of that style it doesn't bother me as long as okay so it's 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 the same thing I, I think about when i'm thinking about subtitles in a film and i've been watching what was it? i don't know if it's i think it's netflix or something i'm watching something that's got subtitles on it Maybe it's Hulu. I've been watching. I've been watching uh, Ranma One Half on Hulu. I think it is, and they're all just yellow subtitles. And it doesn't matter what's on the screen; it's yellow subtitles. So if there's a sky with a bunch of white, and then there's yellow on white, it's fucking indecipherable. That's very important here with comic books. That I don't care how it's put together, as long as the background behind it is darker. I don't need a a black stroke around the word bubble as long as the colors behind it are dark enough to pop the word bubble forward. Uh, So it really depends. And I think that's what, what he's doing here Um, with the first book, because we're looking, there's a conversation between the priest and Jean. I think her name is the old woman with the hook hand and uh, the word bubbles are white with black text. And then because it's on top of, you know, background, and then they do a shot where there's no background, it's just white. So the letterer takes those bubbles and makes them a dark yellow on white, which still pops it forward a little bit. It's like a mustard yellow as opposed to a bright yellow. So, yeah, as long as you're paying attention to stuff like that, I don't care. Just make it so I can read the fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. Did I answer your question? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was wondering what your opinion were, yeah. what opinions were on that. Because yeah. it's... It's, I've seen it in a couple of comics lately, and uh, it's just an odd way of doing it. Just that line instead of the uh, actual era. I'm not sure if this is where it actually took root, but the first time I started to notice it was in web comic books. Yeah. A lot of yeah. web comic artists were doing that, um, and I, I kind of like looking at it. So it doesn't bother me. I'd be curious, though, to take a look at Secret Empire or, or Old Man Logan, another book that Andrea Sorrentino was drawing. Um, to see if the letterer did the same sort of thing with the art there as well. Yeah. But anyway, uh, mm-hmm. Rob, here, here's yeah. the $5,000 question. Please. Highest house. Number two, you're going to read it. Yep. Great. 
uh, um, Mark. Huh? Are you going to read yeah. Highest House 2? The the higher highest house? Is that going to be another one shot? Yeah. Yep. Is it going to be 26 pages? Probably. Like 30. Can't take that. I, I don't know. Do everything this weird. story, this, this story just didn't hit me. Yeah, I just was not, I did not care. I mean, uh, Rob, the thing you mentioned earlier where the guy, um, talks to the barkeep and he's just like oh yeah we're gonna be selling we're gonna be oh we're gonna be buying some slaves and there's that one beat where it's like hmm i don't know what bring us bring bring her out we're gonna sell her as a slave you know there's little bits like that that i think are interesting storytelling uh and threw me for a little bit of a loop which i like but overall the story as it stands did not grab me emotionally in any way it's i mean it's a very dry very british humor so Mm -hmm. that's that's carrie's and if you're not into the magic and this boy kind of being the, the chosen one, yeah, you're probably not going to be into it. All right. Read more of it and then tell me what the fuck's up with this Obsidian dude. I'll tell you in a year. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got a plan. <laughs> leave me a voicemail now. You see? And then I'll, I'll listen see, to it in a year. I can tell you right now. He's got a plan. But okay. the little boss kid, he's got a plan, too. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> Infinity Countdown from Marvel Comics. I didn't read that. Oh, it but I listen. It lost me. Oh didn't no! Didn't a lot of fucks about the convoluted story. Was it convoluted? Was a little bit. I mean, he's got a lot of. Dugan did a good job with it. Dugan, whatever it is, he yeah. did a good job with spinning a lot of plates, but. I go to editorial. Do we need to make fucking plates before this this thing gets going? Mm. How much is it gonna, this is really going to be consequential once we get to the actual start of the new Infinity War? Mm-hmm. Who's writing the Infinity War? Is it going to be Here's, Duggan? It's your mom. She's oh. teaming up with Duggan again? Yeah. <laughs> so this is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Aaron Cooter and uh, colors by Jordi Belair, which is, I believe, the team that's been doing the Guardians King, of the Galaxy. King, 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 what? Cooter. Who I think is the team that's been doing Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. And Marvel has this to say about it. The Infinity Stones were reborn and scattered. The largest, the Power Stone, is hidden on the planetoid... Zhetwang! <laughs> Drax and the Nova Corps, led by Eve Bakian, hold their ground as enemies gather. Meanwhile, the Guardians of the Galaxy face the formidable Gardener, whose army of evil tree-like creatures has overrun the planet Telforina. As for the other stones, they never stay secret for long. Um, yeah, I guess you're right, Rob. Reading this, you know, I was having such a good time reading The Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a book that I absolutely need to go back and read. Because uh, mm-hmm. what's happening here was very charming, and I like spending time with those characters as written by Jerry Duggan. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're going up against the gardener who had, from what I remember of Guardians of the Galaxy number one, was making an army of Groots, right? He had, like, siphoned off some of Groots' tr- tree bits and was huh. was making a, an army of Groots. And yeah, I forgot. They didn't address that in the second one. No. I don't remember them addressing that in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, do you? No, no, no. I'm talking about, I'm sorry, the first issue of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, as, you know, Jerry Duggan, which I think started, like, maybe almost a year ago. Um, That's, like, literally the only issue that I had read of that series. So, um, 
Yeah, basically this is tying up that whole storyline with the gardener and Groot. And the most interesting thing that happened here seems to be that Groot has been re- – he had his factory settings rebooted. Um, so now he can actually make sort of sentences. Instead of I am Groot, he says things like Groot forgives the gardener. Now Groot goes to battle. Groot hails his friends. Join Groot as he smites his enemies. How do you feel about that? Do you like that Groot can now speak? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's weird, right? Up. It's yes, like when they wrong. started. It's like when they started it to make uh, Cassidy Kane speak. Oh, oh, you mean from uh, DC Comics? She she was yeah, Batgirl the old for a Batgirl? while. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, remember she was silent the whole time, and I thought that was just really cool, just to have a silent character. Yeah, it's like hard. why fuck with something that's already okay? And I understand you want to evolve the character, but you can evolve him in other ways than just give it a speech. Mm-hmm. They did it with Kenny for years on South Park. So. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how I, I feel about it just like yet. It. No, it's like, it's like if all of a sudden Snake Eyes started talking. No, I don't, like, yeah. I don't like that. It's 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 just trite. It becomes like when Silent Bob talks. You know? Yeah, it worked one time, but when it happens every every damn movie. Yeah. It's not, uh, yeah. It's just not. Mm. Alright. Yeah. So basically we have everyone fighting over Infinity Stones. And yeah. the great portion of this is uh, a battle between the and oh oh see this is thanks to you Mark, uh, you were telling me how much you liked um, oh what's his tits um, oh sure. the oh no they hit a one shot like, recently with the with the legacy you loved it so my much Mike Mike my, my Terry oh Darkhawk Darkhawk yes, yes yes yeah so yeah I've, this is the first time I've ever seen like his whole Darkhawk fucking core whatever you, whatever they're called showing up and fighting the, the Nova dark Corps. hawks that's it just the dark hawks <laughs> no, they're the i like rap, dark the hawk raptors fucking, they're the like raptors the dark, dark, dark hawk fucking core the dark hawk it's hard to say dark, dark hawk, hawk fucking core no they're the they're the raptors that's what it is thank you raptors yes um so yeah this is the first time i've ever seen them show up and they've been going against the nova Corps, trying to get the power stone from the Infinity Gauntlet, which is apparently the size of a small building now. It's weird. Yeah. How's he going to fit that on a glove? <laughs> Got to get, get a big glove. Yeah. 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 How big, Mark? <laughs> How big is big it? Glo- Pretty big. It's yeah. big love, that HBO series. They made a whole series about it. They they made a whole series about the Power Glove. You clearly watched not one episode of that. Big gloves. (laughs) Big gloves. God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You know what? You know what? I'm going to be honest. He brought it around, and I respect that. Big gloves. (laughs) That was pretty good. It's about a. It's about a guy with big hands. (laughs) God damn it. He's got big hands, so all the ladies want to marry him. Okay. So that they all marry him. So the book. Um. I like this bit with Drax after he, uh, he beats up two of the raptors and uh, steals the wings off their costumes and then can't understand. He's flapping his arms as, as, as much as he can. There's a whole panel of just flap, 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 flap. 
Uh, and he can't understand why he's not flying, which I thought was fun. And then he fucking drop kicks or not drop kicks. He, uh, curb stomps the one dude. Mm. Brutal. So is actually, uh, what's his name? Is he dark, dark Hawk? Uh, dark Hawk isn't actually in this. I don't think it's just the dark Hawk core. Yeah. The Raptors, the dark Hawk fucking core. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, this really makes me want to go back and just grab the trade of Guardians of the Galaxy uh, of the most recent series and read through it because this is a bucket of fun. Now, again, I agree with Rob. Uh, I guess it'll eventually have something to do with Infinity, but... I hope that's the title. Yeah. Well, no, it's Infinity Countdown. How annoying is that? So there's Infinity Countdown Adam Warlock which is basically Infinity Countdown to Infinity Countdown. And right. then wasn't there another one? I thought so. Infinity Countdown, someone else. Uh, right. And now there's Infinity if it, Countdown. If it's a countdown, should they like? Should it be issue four? Mm-hmm. Yes, it should be. Issue four, three, two, one. That would be a countdown, Mark. You are correct. He's done it. Good yeah, job, buddy. buddy. Zero. And then you have Infinity. Oh, it was Infinity Countdown Prime. So Infinity, right. Infinity Countdown Adam Warlock, Infinity Countdown uh, Prime, and now Infinity Countdown 1. What the fuck are you doing, Marvel? That's where I say, does this have... I'm glad you had a great time with your Guardians again. That's good for you. Oh, thank if you. I'm coming in, yeah, no problem. If, if I'm coming in, though, and I want to imbibe the goodness of Infinity War because I heard this Marvel movie that's coming out that I saw a couple trailers for, and I walk in and I go, hey, I want Infinity. And you go, well, here's these five books you might kind of... Uh, it, it'll be out soon. I mean, is this really that necessary to imbibe when Infinity launches? And if it is, that's going to be a confusing fucking first issue, I guess, if you don't read these things. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I just don't... It's They're going out of their way to make things more confusing for their readers. Correct. I, I don't understand why. More money. They, they short-sightedness. Pennywise, pound foolish, says this is the way to go to maximize what is the somewhat dwindling superhero audience. You know, yeah. yeah. It's a shame, but, but I, mean, it, I, I don't. It ostracizes us as well. You it know? what ostracizes us? Yeah, yeah. And I, I agree with that, but I also don't want people to not read this because I had such fun with it. You know, so I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a crossroads here emotionally. All right, we'll, we'll do this. Don't listen to me. Listen to JD on this one. There you go. Yo, listen to me. Don't, oh, don't listen. Oh, don't, to me. Whatever you anything. do, do what I did. Do what <laughs> I did. He video read it. Oh, I thought you were gonna say in general because the way this call started with you videoing us and you're naked on the floor, your cat. I was not on the floor. I was on my bed. Don't do anything this man says. Do what Mark does. Uh, Don't read it, but then just insert non sequiturs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yep. Superman number forty-two from DC Comic Books. By Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi. Boyzaro Redeath Part 1. It's a bizarre Boyzaro world, and we just live in it. When Superboy comes face to face with Boyzaro, the son of Bizarro. Would it be face to ass? (laughs) Rob, what'd you think? Um, I 
let him get that out. Uh, that was good. I can't stand Bizarro, so I loathed one-third of this issue. When we're on the Bizarro world, we meet Boyzaro, and they reenact that time Jonathan, um, I don't know, he killed his cat, or he, yeah, right? He yeah. burned his heat vision his cat. They reenact that scene from Boyzaro's life. And apparently Jonathan's girlfriend from the farm over is an interdimensional space traveler. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I missed that. Um, so they come to view it, and then you flip to our world, and it's a very nice Kent family evening until um, Boy Bizarro comes back at the very end. I love two-thirds of the book that was the very warm... Uh, Jonathan gets in trouble for going to Kansas. It was just it, that that's the part of the book I love the most. That's what I think Tomasi's best at. And I just I, he did the bizarro stuff fine. I just I fucking hate that construct to the core of my being. Let me ask you this. There's been a couple of iterations of bizarro throughout the eras of Superman. Yeah. Um, is this the version where he says things backwards? Yep. Oh, no. Yeah. All right. It's too hard to read. It makes no fucking sense either. So wait, what about the one that's hanging around with, uh, uh, right? Arsenal, Arsenal, and uh, Red Hood and the and the Outlaws. Yeah, Red Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah, and that wasn't Artemis. Bizarro, though, was it? That wasn't. Yeah. Um, wasn't oh, that was a clone. That was a clone. Yeah, Uthor. So right. we now we have two Bizarros. Seriously. I like that one a lot better than this fucker. Hey, Bizarro. Stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rob. Well, I don't. Right. I can't say much about it because I haven't read it, and I don't have any non sequiturs to add. Mark, how did uh? How, I didn't read it. How <laughs> did uh? <laughs> but he's gonna talk. Yeah. What do you want to know? How did the art look? No, the art was fine. The art was very accomplished. It's, and it's Patrick Gleason. It's Patrick Gleason. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. So I'm sure it looks awesome. And Patrick does contribute a lot to the stories. We've uh, had several, co- you know, correspondences with Peter when we reviewed, and you know, correspondence from the web. Pew pew. Um, and Patrick contributes a lot to the story and and the plotting as well. So well done on both fronts. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's cool. Uh-huh. Um, I yeah, just right. I'm not a big fan of Bizarro, but I like him in little doses. Worse. This is a five-part doses. What about Zabaro? Who's that? Remember that guy, mm-hmm. Zabaro? Yeah, it was like a pizza place at the mall. No, that <laughs> <laughs> nice, nicely done. Well done. And rest stops. Yeah. And on that note, greasiest pizza. You can email us at coltspopgo at gmail dot com, or you can go to poptardsgo dot com and click on the bright pink banner and leave us a voicemail. Uh, let us know what you thought of this week's books. Let us know if we missed a book that you thought was amazing uh, and we should have talked about. Also, if you have any requests that you want us to review later on, uh, please hit us up. You can also tweet at us at JD's Hero Complex for me, for Mark. Huh? Where can they tweet at you? Oh, God. Uh, at Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Also at mlmillerwrites.com. Yeah, dog. I'm also bartending at this place called the Rookery, who has that has a shining pop up, and it was a crazy weekend. Nice. Sounds come like on it. in. Come on in. Catch Mark's AIDS. Yeah. 
Rob, I don't have AIDS. Where can they where can they reach you, buddy? Just Google Rob Patey, R O B P A T E Y, and write me. And All say, right. Hey, ask questions, and I, that wait, I wasn't doing my plug. Oh. And and. All me. right. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Love me. Now I'm done. <laughs> All right. Thank you so big, much. <laughs> big gloves. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Big love. Bizarro. Safaro. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>